Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. This is um, Dr. John Herding here with Dr. Nick Paragini. Hey, guys. Dr. Ray Carr. What's going on, guys? The legend, Coach Rob Rabina. How are we doing, guys? And our special guest today, Mike Rytelowski. Nice. How are we doing? Welcome, Mike. Um, we decided to bring Mike on today because he has definitely a unique background and he's been able to build himself a nice brand and a nice business um, in Jersey. Um, so, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your journey, and then about um, we'll get right into how you started your business and how um, you're able to kind of impart your training philosophy on some of the athletes that you're dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah, so uh, my journey is, like you said, kind of a unique one. Um, I went to three different colleges. Started at Montclair State University, which is in North Jersey. Transferred to a community college, Ocean County Community College. And then I transferred to Widener University, um, which would really start my journey to lead me to where I am today. At Widener University, I was a baseball player all four years of college. Um, and I loved lifting weights. You know, so I think I started lifting weights freshman year of high school, just straight bodybuilder routine, you know, chest and buys on Monday, Tuesday was back and tries, Wednesday was legs, but it was mostly quads, Thursday was shoulders, Fridays was hamstrings. I got this routine from uh, one of my friend's dads who took us to the gym, who was a very good natural bodybuilder. I mean, he was big, you know, um, and I did that training for about four years of high school, and that was kind of my introduction into strength training. And that's all I did. You know, I loved lifting weights. I loved reading forums. I mean, two of the biggest companies um, that I would read in my spare time, because my first job in high school was a desk job at some uh, biochemical corporation, just doing uh, invoice work. So on my spare time there i'd read universal nutrition i loved everything about that those guys like they were just hardcore like like dungeon gym pictures like hoodies over their heads like i wanted to be big and jacked you know um and then from universal nutrition uh i think the guy's name was evan santapini and uh there was frank mcgrath was another big one like i idolized those guys and that got me into elite fts dave tate and I just consumed all the information, you know, I was, I was looking for the program. I was looking for the supplement. I was looking for the nutrition. You know, I had the grilled chicken. I had the rice. I had the broccoli. Um, and I choked it down, trained hard, got injured a bunch, learned from the injuries. Um, you know, and then when I went to college, I was kind of at like a standstill in terms of training. I was the type of kid that would I would want to outwork everyone like in practice and in the gym. Like they, they had to go hand in hand. Like high school practice ended, had to take extra reps. College practice ended. Everybody was going to the dining hall. I was going to the dining hall for a quick bite to eat, going back up to my room, slamming some pre-workout, 
maybe watching a little motivational YouTube video and heading right to the gym at like eight o'clock at night, not knowing that the pre-workout had like 300 milligrams of caffeine in it. And I was going to be up all night, but whatever I needed to train, you know? So when I was at OCC, I started running five, three, one by uh, Jim Wendler, which is basically a powerlifting program, you know, squat, bench, deadlift. Um, I wasn't doing it correctly. It wasn't enough volume. You know, when I was doing it, I was like, this doesn't seem like much. It was a free program that I found. It wasn't like his full program, but you know, when I got to Widener, my training kind of stalled because I, I, I started to wonder like, am I doing like what I need to be doing for baseball? I mean, I got kids that I could out bench, out squat, out deadlift that are hitting balls farther than me. They're running the bases faster than me. You know, like what's happening? Like, where is this disconnect? I'm putting in so much time and effort and money. Um, so Widener offered this, uh, winter membership, um, winter membership for the baseball team through Maple Zone, um, to use the facility and we're at the facility. I'm taking ground balls and one of the assistant coaches at Widener gives over and it's like, yo, you guys get a free sports performance evaluation upstairs with, uh, Rob Rubina, former Eric Cressy intern. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, Damn, like I get Eric Cressy emails all the time. You know, he's, he's uh, Mr. Baseball. And um, so like, why not? It's free, I guess. You know, I want to go upstairs. I, I love training. And prior to this, I'm not kidding. I was, I was like two weeks away from joining a CrossFit gym. And like I had the rogue T-shirts. You know, I had American made. I watched Rich Froning win the CrossFit games. I was like – like messaging one of these kids I went to high school with like, yo dude, I think I want to start doing CrossFit. Look sick, you know, and there's some structure to that training. Um, you know, what do you think? He's like, dude, come on down when you're home, like come to this, you know, CrossFit gym. So I was like, I'm on rogue fitness. I got all these shirts, Kelly Starrett. That's how I found him. You know, supple leopard. I bought his book. I got a couple of Kelly Starrett shirts in my drawer somewhere. And I go upstairs to see Rob and we do the, we do the evaluation and he writes me a program that I take home no bench press on it. And I'm freaking out on my upper body days. I'm like, Oh my God, like there's no bench. All my gains are going to go bad, you know? Um, so I still did bench on the upper body day, which was, which was on a Tuesday. Um, and I enjoyed the training, you know? So every time I was available to train, I did programs through Rob, you know? Um, and I paid for them and I was able to kind of, learn about structured training through the programs um, and kind of pick his brain and, you know, do my own research at the time. Cause like the only thing I really truly enjoyed was lifting weights. Um, like I was the type of kid that either take extra BP or lift weights. Like you had to pick one, you know, you only had time to do one. I was going to, I was going to go lift because I thought at the time that lifting would take me to another level of playing. You know, like if I got stronger, I would be faster. I would hit the ball further. I would throw harder, you know. Um, but with anything, there's diminishing returns, you know. Um, so I'm training on Maple Zone one day, and Rob asked me if he knew anyone, that, if I knew anyone, that would be interested in interning with him in the winter. Widener does not have an exercise science program, you know, or kinesiology. So I was like, I'll do it. You know, I, I enjoy training. 
I enjoy coaching. At the time, I was coaching baseball in the, in the summer with my uh, business partner, Steve. He started a travel team. Um, I did high school baseball camps in the summer as well. So I enjoyed coaching. I enjoyed lifting. Why not put the two together? You know, and the internship was come at your own uh, discrepancy. Like if, if you wanted to show up and, and work six hours, come work six hours. If you wanted to come an hour a day, like come an hour a day. So that's what I did. Um, my roommates actually, my roommates in college actually called it charity work. Like, oh, you going to do charity? You know, because I was a business major about to finish school. And here I am training kids for free, trying to learn about training, you know, and, and interacting with different athletes and putting together programs and learning assessments. And, um, you know, and, and I'll never forget like the few times where we had to do, um, I think it was the sport was like lacrosse next door at Maple Zone. They wanted like a half hour speed training. And I love this. I love when teams come in. It's like, yo, can we get speed training? Like for a half hour, you know, like two or three sessions. And I'm like, of course, why not? You know, so Rob's like, Mike, you gotta go speed train these kids next door. It's gotta be a half hour. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. It's like, ah, oh, you'll be okay. Just, just go. So I was like, great. You know, so I tried to pull out from my bag of tricks and make it last a half hour. And it was fun, you know? Um, and I was getting feedback from athletes, you know, they were, they were enjoying me as a person and as a, as a coach. And, um, it was kind of right on my alley. You know, I would take home DVDs from Rob, um, do that in my spare time and finish up a business degree. I think I was a junior at the time going into senior year about to graduate, you know, as an accounting major. And then, then you may ask yourself, like, why are you an accounting major? And I was like, well, cause when you're in high school and you enjoy math, you know, basic algebra and maybe something a little bit more complicated than that. Um, you're going to get pushed towards a business uh, degree that revolves around numbers. And at the time, accounting was a big deal. Like you tell everyone you're an accounting major, they say to you, oh my God, you know, you're going to, you're going to make so much money. You're going to have a job right out of college. You know, you're going to wear a suit and tie every day. You know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's like, yeah, I'm an accounting major. So, um, probably part of the reason why I picked that, you know, um, kind of to get that out of the way. Cause at the time I just, I just wanted to play baseball, you know, and lift weights. Um, I wasn't like gung ho on accounting, you know? Um, so I was actually my senior year of college, you know, I told my parents, like, I want to train athletes. They're like, okay. Which was awesome. Thankfully they weren't like, no, you can't, you actually have to get a job, you know? Um, so I'm senior year of college. I'm calling community colleges, like trying to backtrack my degree. Like, hey, do you guys offer exercise science? Like, what are the prereqs? Like, hey, do you guys offer physical therapy programs? Like, what are the prereqs? Like, here's my credits. Here's my transcripts. Like, how can I get into this field somehow? How can I wiggle my way into this field educationally? And nobody could really help me because I was so close to finishing my degree. I didn't really have... Um, many prerequisites. When I was at community college, I took anatomy and physiology one and two. I actually took the second anatomy and physiology at my house. What's cool about that is they send you the lab kit. So I have like a, like the frozen stuff that you have to dissect in my freezer. And like they would send the lecture and you would watch the videos. I'd pull it out, set up an entire quarantined kitchen 
kind of like how you got a quarantine. Now I got the gloves, the mask, my goggles on, my dad's next to me with my iPad taking pictures and you open up the specimen and it's sick. Like it's an actual lab in your kitchen. You just got to, you know, take videos and send them to your instructor. And there were tests that were timed and it was good. I did, I did really well. Um, and it was always funny because in the icebreakers, they were like, what's an accounting major doing in anatomy and physiology too? And I was like, I don't know, guys, I, I just want to know more about the body. I, I like lifting weights. Like what's, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I got to strength and addition, I guess was, was through my interest early on, but then finding Rob to kind of give me that structure, you know? Um, and how it kind of led me to the business that I'm in was my business partner, Steve Johnson, um, who's on Twitter as uh, Lake Ignatian or Instagram as Lake Ignatian, you know, kind of started a baseball team that I kind of just fell into and the teams grew. He got a facility. We had a small gym. Uh, once I left Widener, I graduated with accounting degree. You know, I had no internships or job prospects lined up because I just didn't really pursue any. Uh, I, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be around athletes, wanted to train them in the weight room. And it kind of just grew, you know, and looking back, um, I remember my first few weeks at the facility training athletes, like trying to do the evaluation process, the individual program process. Like I had like 20, 25 kids the first day because they wanted, it was new. Like the facility was new. The teams were new. I was new. They wanted to train, you know? So if I had a better structure in place, I think it would have went a lot more smooth than it did, but it still turned out pretty well. You know, um, I was able to get a handle on things and kind of streamline my process and that it has changed over the years. And we'll, we'll get into that, you know, with, with any questions that anyone has. Um, but that's basically my story. I mean, that that was awesome mike that was so yeah. good um and that gives hope to all these these kids that are kind of are following the same path to you is where you know they they fell into a major in school just because they thought it was the right thing to do but it wasn't really their passion yeah um you know and i feel like that happens a lot like these kids are just expected to go into school and get something that's going to make a, a lot of money or you know they're just expected to get a business degree um and follow the traditional path but it, i'm you know you, you can't, you're not the first trainer to kind of take this unconventional route to now become an expert in the field of, you know, physical performance and physical prep. And you're doing a fine job doing it despite maybe not having an exercise science degree. Yeah. yeah so, Mike, Mike okay. let, me just, let, me, let me just chime in real quick. Cause I think you brought up a couple of really good points and, you know, it's bringing me back to the time um, when you were with me, I, I, and it's interesting, like, you know, I remember kind of, you know, you coming in, being an athlete, understanding baseball, wanting to learn about strength conditioning. I'm like, great, like, this guy's going to be a great intern, like, great personality. You know, th th those are the traits that I saw in you, and I, I think it's cool to kind of, you know, obviously see where you're at now, um, you know, just with the success that you had, and kind of where you started off, it was like, you know, it was like a lost puppy. You know, you kind of didn't really, you knew what you wanted to do, but, you know, just kind of needed a little bit of guidance, a little bit of, you know, um, structure into what you wanted to do. And I think, uh, and looking back, it was, it's, 
it was cool to hear your story and kind of hear how you, you've shaped all your experiences to kind of get to where you're at today. So, yeah, I mean, so to, uh, to like tell you like more into like when I got to the facility, um, you know, I needed some kind of education certificate, you know? Um, so athletes acceleration came out with like a certified speed coach class and I didn't know anything about speed. Like my game at the time was lifting weights. Like if you wanted to get stronger, you wanted to get big, I got you speed and, and agility. No clue. Now this was, this was like, this was five years ago at the time. So athletes acceleration comes out with this certified speed and agility course and we get a giant snowstorm like massive snowstorm. We are, we are in the house for, I think it was two days and I crushed this course and it was Lee Taft doing it at um, Cressy's place in Massachusetts. You know, I passed the exam and I was so fired up. I didn't know, you know, how that you could retake the exam and then, you know, it's, it's basically just, just buy the product. We'll give you the certificate kind of thing, you know, and it was, okay. I have that. I had that framed. I bought a frame for that. You know, I printed that out and I, I framed that. So I was so fired up and I'm telling everyone, I was like, yo, I'm a certified speed and agility coach, you know, like and I'm a young coach at the time. So I think this is a huge deal. Um, and Rob, Rob and, oh, Rob had always pushed me to go for the CSCS. And I was like, just, I'm just like nervous. I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have that background. Like I don't have X science, you know, and this and that. So finally I dove in, I bought the textbook and I had actually people around me, like coaches from the area, like telling people not to train with me because I wasn't certified. Imagine that. Can you imagine that? You know, That's tough. Um, so the type of person I am that, that kind of motivated me to dive into this. And I, I bought the textbook. It was a new edition. It's uh, I think they're on edition four. Um, I got the student membership, you know, I think it cost me like $800, which I was reimbursed by the, by the business. Um, and I went through the textbook about four times. You know, I would say I took detailed notes on that entire textbook two times through because I was so nervous about nailing this exam to just shut everyone up. There was no other reason. You know, I was just so motivated by the people be telling people they shouldn't train with me because I wasn't, I didn't have this um, bunch of letters next to my name, you know. So I finally scheduled the exam. I took it at Brookdale Community College, which is in Monmouth County, New Jersey. And I am so nervous going into this thing. So I sit down and a nutrition question comes up and I'm like, okay, where's my calculator? Like, is there a calculator on the computer? Like, there's no, you weren't allowed to take uh, the test with a calculator. So like, great. And I got to do math by hand. Um, and there were a couple questions on the test about the throwing motion, like what muscles were used. And I was like, oh my God. So I get the results back in a testing center where it's like a library. It's dead quiet right? They hand me the piece of paper. I passed science by one point. I got a 71 on the science for the CSCS. I crushed the practical portion of programming, nutrition, um, facility, mirror height, and everything like that. And I went absolutely berserk in the testing center. Dude, the, guys, the guy was like, you need to leave. You know, we, we have people taking tests in here. I was like, I was like, see you never, man. Later. Went outside. I called my business partners. I called my dad. I'm like, I passed the exam. Let's go. And uh, 
I was hype. I was, I was really hyped. So that was a huge, huge point in my career. Something that I'll never forget. Um, because I, I really did buckle down for that exam. Like I made that, I, I, I spoke their language for a good year and a half, you know, like going to a, a commercial gym and I, I would look at the mirrors and I'd be like, do you know that's supposed to be 13 feet off the ground? Probably not, but now you do anyway. Um, yeah. So that was a huge point in my career. And Looking back, nobody besides one parent, which was actually this year, has asked me if I, if I was certified. Not a single person. The only people that care about it are the athletes that want to do what we do, that are interested in training or the rehab profession. Like, what's your certification? You know, which one should I go for? Because there's a million. You know, what's, what's your degree? Like, which degree should I go for? Those are the only people that care. None of my athletes are like, oh, well, this guy has a CSCS or, oh, this guy is a certified personal trainer. Or, oh, this guy is a certified performance coach. Oh, um, no, nobody's asked, you know. Mike, tell us, tell us a little bit about your kind of facility setup and, you know, how things work at your current place. Facility setup. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, it was, it was really Steve's idea. I mean, and Steve started the business from absolute scratch. He had the idea of a membership-based facility rather than this big seasonal facility that you see in the Northeast where, to give you an example, like a typical facility that starts up is going to do um, most of their business in the winter months. And then hopefully that'll sustain them for the entire year. Um, so you really don't, you're, it's very, very seasonal where a membership facility, you have revenue coming in um, every month, you know, and it's a little bit, um, cost ineffective, I guess, maybe in the short term, but in the long term, over the, over the entire year, you, you'll be able to cover your overhead, you know? So Steve's idea was a membership facility, but not only for, that wasn't the reason though. The reason was athletes and people need repetitions. So we wanted to create, or he wanted to create an environment where you could get, you could get an unlimited number of reps per day whatever skill you're working on, you know, and then when I came on, I offered sports performance with that, you know, and kids weren't going to lift seven days a week. I, I, I did put a restriction on the days, obviously, but they were still able to come and, and hit and throw, uh, take ground balls, take fly balls, outdoor practices, all under one particular price. You know, like if I, to give you an example about Netflix, like you pay the Netflix fee once a month, you know, you're able to watch everything on Netflix. You know, it's not like a pick and choose. So um, that's the way our, our, our facility is, is, is kind of laid out. And I, I guess kind of what differentiated us in our area, because um, we don't offer like hour lessons or half hour lessons, which were huge when I was growing up. Um, and then kind of how we structure training, it's when it first started, it was a free-for-all. Um, we would be sitting there in, in the waiting room watching movies, I kid you not, and kids would walk in and be like, all right, time to go, you know, um, what are you guys doing today? Like kids would lift and then, the, and then the day would start, you know, there was really no structure, I guess you'd say. Like we would wait for kids to come in and they would go to what they were going to do for that day and we would go coach, you know. Um, now, since it's grown a lot, we use a class schedule. 
you know, so certain classes, there's a hitting class, throwing class, sports performance class, um, lacrosse class, you know, but they're still able to come in as many days as they want. You know, there's really no restrictions uh, besides based on their programming. Like I won't lift kids more than three days a week. Um, and one of the big reasons being is we're not lifters. I mean, we're not going to step on stage. We're not going to enter a powerlifting meet. If you are great, let's do it. Like, okay, here's take a, but you still have to have stuff in the tank every day to practice your skill work at a high level. Like if I'm going to crush you in the weight room, like you're done, you know, like, what are you going to go throw after this? Or are you going to go hit? I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So I, I think like that is also a huge part of, of my programming as a coach. Uh, now I'm getting off topic here, but that's what differentiates me from a lot of other places that are just purely sports performance where they'll see an athlete for an hour and then the athlete will go home. Where if I see an athlete for an hour, it's like, I don't want to crush this kid because he's got to still throw. He's got to hit. Like, um, so how do I manage his fatigue levels while getting him better? You know? Um, but yeah, so we have a, we have a 5,000 foot, 5,000 square foot gym in uh, one room and then you go next door and we got uh, 50 yards open turf and 40 foot high ceilings it's all netted so we can play live games uh, live vp you know we have a small little conference room for uh, video analysis um, training talks nutrition talks everything's under one roof so Mike, let's get further into that. Like, so you, you're, you're talking about managing athletes where you're only lifting them three times a week because they're doing all these other things. Are you, um, are there specific coaches for some of the other skill work in your facility? And are you coordinating with those guys on a daily basis to adjust an athlete's schedule accordingly? Yes. Yeah. So every, every section of our facility, I, I guess you'd call it where through the hitting section or the throwing section, um, and the sports performance side of things, we're always coordinating different athletes. Um, I guess we use the dollar analogy where it's like the athletes come in and they have a dollar to spend for the day. You know, um, sports performance will take 30 cents. Now they only have 70 cents left. Where can they spend their money? You know, um, so that is a big conversation piece because as throwing ramps up to high intensity you know in terms of more bullpens or they're in a velocity phase or they're doing more pull downs and they're trying to hit new prs i have to back off my end drop like lifting volume sprint volume tremendously um to make sure they have enough in the tank to actually set prs you know um so yeah, to answer your question, the answer is yes. So how do you guys structure that? Are you talking to them on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, or just on an as-needed basis? I would say weekly basis. I would – I really – on a daily basis, we always ask – like every athlete that walks in is getting a how are you feeling today question. Like, hey, man, before they start training, like how are you feeling today? Like what hurts? Are you sore? Like an even bigger question we ask is how would you sleep last night? You know, because you could tell – you could tell now, like if, if you're really looking for it, you can see what athletes are sleep deprived 
what athletes have high stress, like their face, you'll see in their faces that they just look different. Their demeanors are off. So it's like, Hey man, you all right today? Like what's going on? And then I have a few instances, you know, that occur where kids come up to me is like, I'm just feeling really bad right now. You know, nothing's going right. My body's not responding. It's like, all right, man, we'll just pack it in and go home. You know, I'll see you tomorrow. Cause we, we have that membership where it's like, I'm not limiting you to the number of sessions. Like I'll see you tomorrow. Like come in and lift tomorrow. You know, it's, it's going to be more beneficial for you to go get 10 hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep. Um, then try to push the envelope right now, you know? So I would say it's a weekly basis, but then and, and as an as needed basis, because everything can change in a matter of minutes. Like every day is different. And, and is that something that you guys have kind of, cause the facility has been open how long? Five years? Yeah. About, about five years now. Um, is that something you guys have kind of figured out as the years pass or is that you guys were doing that from oh. day one? Yeah, I would say I would I would say as as years passed and and we're still learning it. Well, me personally, I'm still learning it as well. Um, because we didn't really harp on sleep until Joe Rogan dropped the podcast with Matthew Walker. Like that was a big deal. Like then it was like, oh my god, like we need to go to bed. You know, we need to actually focus on sleep. Because before that, it was it was Ultra Zero Monster Orange Sunrise, and chalk and, and and loud music and yeah like you gotta you gotta work hard like oh you're tired like stop being a baby like let's like let's go now it's like okay you're sleeping six hours you're slamming caffeine like let's let's take a step back here so i would say we're learning more about that process every day you know and the more and the more athletes that that we see like like this year was the first year that our facility had a heavy influx of female athletes. It's a completely different dynamic, you know? So that was a huge learning curve for me as a coach as well. Um, so every day we're just learning constantly about that specifically. I love it. If, if people haven't read Matt Walker's book, why we sleep, that was, that's a game changer book. That's yeah. a, that should be on, on top of everyone's um, reading list. If mm -hmm. you haven't already read it, I agree with that. That's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it sounds like you're working through some of those challenges of managing the athlete. Are there any business challenges that you guys have gone through that, um, you know, you can offer any insight to, to the new coach that's trying to start a facility or even somebody that has a facility that's struggling? Um, you know, what are some of the business challenges that you've had going, um, you know, over the years? As you, as you built your brand, as you built your business, as you added more female oh, athletes, like yeah. what, are, what are some of the main things that you can point out that might be able to help up and coming coaches that are looking to start a facility? I think about this question all the time. And I only think about this question all the time is because what if, what if my business fails and I have to go on a job interview and they ask me, what did you learn from operating a business with other, with your partners? And the number one thing that always comes back to me is talk is cheap. Talk is super cheap. Like if I closed all the business deals from people that wanted to do business with us, I'd be a millionaire, like millions and millions of dollars, you know? So, and we got hung up on a lot of those deals where it was like, this is going to happen for us. You know, this is going to be great. This is, this is going to happen. And then it falls through, you know? Um, so I would say in, in, instead of waiting on things, um, and I'm very fortunate to have a partner. His name's Rob. 
Um, he is a go-getter. Like he is just, if, if we want to try something, he's doing it. Like we'll worry, we'll, we'll just fail and learn as we go. We're not going to wait. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going to do it, you know? Um, so I would, I would say try a lot of things, learn from the failures, try some more, learn again. Like, um, I actually just picked up on this topic in our book for our book club right now. Um, that what, what we're reading is this will never work. It's about the story of Netflix. Um, the founder was a guy that just did that exact same thing. Like Nike's slogan is just do it, you know? So instead of waiting on ideas and thinking them through and being like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Just, just go and do it. So um, I would say the challenges are stalling, you know, um, believing people will do what they say in the business world. Um, and staying focused on your brand and, and, and you can't worry about what everyone else is doing because that is another, that's taking valuable time away from yourself as, as well, you know? So the, the number one thing is talk is cheap and number two would be just do it. Shout out to Nike. I, I agree with all that. I think that's awesome. Like you, like the innovators are the people that just go ahead and do, and they're not afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. And you know, if they fail, it's a learning experience and they it's, just move forward. Right. It's very, very hard to take that risk too, personally, like on a, like if, if you're going to try something and you fail, like how big are you going to fail and what's going to, how are you going to handle that? Like that, that can't be stressed enough either. So fail fast and learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, tell me about your book club, man. That's pretty interesting. What do you guys like? How do you, how do you guys structure that? That sounds. So we started last year, we started every Saturday. Um, we would do, we do things called flow talks. Another thing about our facility is we just don't want to be a sports training facility. We want to be a part of these athletes lives. You know, we want to help them grow as individuals, help them grow as curious learners make them a part of our culture. And so we started on, on Saturdays, something called flow talks where anybody could come in and talk about anything and the kids would show up if they wanted to and just sit and listen and we'd have a discussion. You know, we did things from, you know, professional athletes coming in. We had Jimmy act there once. Um, we had coaches come in and talk to our guys, you know, each in, each in structure or, instructor or partner would give a talk like last year i gave a training talk this year i gave a training talk on where my mind is at currently and my philosophy and training uh, nutrition talk everything it could be anything so from that we started a book club and a book club is when the facility was open you know not because of the pandemic right now we had a whiteboard we have a whiteboard where we pick three books Either we pick them, the kids pick them, people give us suggestions, and you could sign up. Just pick, just pick one book and sign up. If you wanted to add a book, add a book, sign up. You know, we'd give them a month or two. We would come back and we'd meet on a Saturday, and we would break off into groups. Everybody that read the same book would be in groups, and then we'd diversify the groups. So then people from one book would talk about their book, and then we'd learn about each book. Um, so we wanted to keep that book club going in the quarantine. And I remember Steve had this book about the founding of Netflix. And I was like, that looks like a really interesting story. 
you know, because I'm not a person that's going to read business books. I'm not a person that, that, that's going to read the self-help books because to me, what I've learned, and I have a whole stack of them sitting right next to me covered in dust. Um, most of those books can be summed up in one page, you know? Um, so if I can get a good story and, and learn from that story because I enjoy it, and maybe some people like the business books. Um, but for me personally, I like good stories. So I posted about the book. I was like, Hey, this would be a great idea for our book club. And it, and it caught on, you know, so we're reading that will never work right now. What we did was we set up a link through our website was if you want to join the book club, sign up, we'll send you a book, you know, brand new book. We'll send it to you. No charge to you. And we got a hundred people to sign up for that. So it was awesome. You know, and we budgeted the money for the books. We ran into a little bit of a problem. Amazon is backed up for about a month and a half on non-essential items. So I'm a big social media person. Um, probably a little bit too much where I'm, I'm, I am working on my screen time. I posted the book to Instagram. It got reposted by the author. So I immediately sent him a DM. I was like, hey, Mark. Thank you so much for the repost, man. We're doing a book club. We got a hundred people signed up. We're going to be reading this book. He's like, awesome. Let me know if you have any questions. So weeks go by, can't get the books. We're in a pickle. So Steve suggested I ask the author, Mark, if he has any extra copies laying around. So immediately I went to Instagram, messaged him. He got back to me that night. He says, of course, I'll even sign them for you. So he sent us autographed books. You know, we paid him. A, we, we paid him. And he even offered to do a Zoom call, which we have tonight at wow. 8 o'clock, um, which we will be streaming on our Twitch channel. Um, yeah, so we got about 100 people reading the book. Uh, I'm not sure how many people are going to watch this Zoom call with the founder of Netflix. And uh, it should be a good time. That's awesome, man. Do you want to share the, the website you can, you can sign up for the book club? Are you guys going to keep doing that? Yeah, um, it's going to be on our Instagram. It is... I'd have to send you a link to blast out. I'm not hundred percent sure. It's like one of the weird URLs. Um, okay. But if, you, but if you want to watch the Twitch tonight, it is twitch.tv slash train Invictus. So. Got it. I guess we're going to post this podcast today, April 16th, so that people can get on that right away. Are you going to, are you going to record that at all, Mike? You should put it up on a zoom too. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to do the zoom call. And then I'm gonna broadcast. I'm gonna broadcast the Zoom call on Twitch. Um, through that, so that's how nice. I'm do it. So that's awesome. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah. Good stuff. So, what are your what are your future plans? Do you do you, um, you know, where do you see yourself in one, three, five years wow. of? how you're gonna like do you have the business plans it sounds like you guys are doing a lot to innovate um between this membership model and doing things like the book club and keeping people engaged yeah. um do you have any any plans going forward that you're willing to share about how you're going to continue to grow as a coach how you're going to continue to grow as a business uh, this is this is something that i also think about all the time you know and then a lot of the people in the industry that i look up to always say, you know, have a, have a mountain that you can never climb, make a plan to get there. And you'll find a, a lot about yourself along the way. You know, um, I feel like every year I really have 
I'm, I'm more so thinking about myself. How can I make myself a better coach day to day rather than in the long term? I guess um, because day to day I'm I'm faced with new challenges, new athletes, new interactions. Um, where I constantly look back, it's like how can I handle that better? You know, um, I I feel like coaching is a lot about relating to a lot of the different personalities of the people that you're working with. Like I used to be the type of person to consume a lot of information, but I never knew how to apply it, you know, until I got Brett Bartholomew's book, conscious coaching, where he was like, listen, you can know everything about anything, but if you can't get your athletes to trust you or to buy into what you're saying, then it forget it. So I think, Coaching is a lot more um, of psychology than it actually is applied training knowledge. You know, obviously there's a lot of knowledge that goes into it, but if you're not a personable person, um, I don't think you're going to have a lot of people that trust you. Um, in terms of like business goals, obviously grow the business, keep growing the business, um, how to keep different differentiating yourself uh, from everybody else in a very saturated market. My one year goal is just to be better, be a better coach, uh, and a better person than I was a year from today, you know, know a little bit more three year goal. I haven't even thought that far yet. I'll, I'll be, I'll be 30 years old. So I have no idea. Um, Five-year goal. I don't know. I, I really haven't. I, I really haven't thought that far. I know Steve probably has. Steve probably has a lot of goals. Um, that he's constantly churning. Who is my business partner? Um, One-year goal in terms of training. I, I, I want to know a lot more about sprinting. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you right now. It's awesome, Mike. Really good stuff, man. Yeah, Mike, it was our pleasure. Are there any closing thoughts you have before we sign off? We, it's been our pleasure, man. This has been a great podcast and a lot of insight. And uh, it's been a, a pleasure to, you know, I think I met you as an intern my first year uh, at yeah. Maple Zone. And it's been a pleasure to see you grow um, and become the coach that you are. So I'm looking forward to see where, where you are in one, three, and five years. Yeah. I mean, so let me just, let me just give everybody a quick story about how I met John. Um, I blew out my shoulder senior year of college throwing across the baseball diamond from shortstop in the last fall baseball game of our season, blew it out completely. I couldn't throw a baseball at about 10 feet. I sat on this injury for three months until January when the spring season starting to heat up. Everybody's coming back from winter break. I had a bad taste in my mouth from physical therapy because I went to the AccuCares of the world, you know, and every, every, everybody else um, where it was, they're still doing the same things that they were doing five years ago when I went back to them, you know? So I didn't enjoy physical therapy. So trusting Rob and the people around me, he suggested that I see John because I still couldn't throw a baseball 10 feet 
I had high school kids that would laugh at me for this. It's like, yo, man, you got to get that checked out. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'll, I'll be fine. It's going to heal over time. You know, I'll just keep training, just keep lifting weights. I'll be fine. I got, I get strong shoulder, you know? Um, so we started doing, I, I went to John on my last hope. I was like, Hey man, please help me. And the coolest experience I've ever had and a complete savior for me in the physical therapy world took the bad taste out of my mouth there are good physical therapists out there. John got me right. We did sessions. Anytime I needed something, you know, John, you were always there for me. Um, and you helped me learn so much. Um, and you are one of my trump cards. So if, if I can't figure something out and I don't know anyone around me that can, I will. And I've done this in the past. I have physically drove athletes to John, which is an hour and 45 minutes away from me. And he is open for business. Like never denies me always accommodating you know you, you really saved my senior year so wanted to throw I, that in there thank you so much mike it's uh you know it's it's my pleasure and i appreciate those kind words that's awesome man thank you so those are my closing thoughts go see john if you're hurt and as well as nick and ray and train with rob and train with rob and ray and nick yeah uh, <laughs> Awesome. Well, like I said, Mike, it was our pleasure. Um, we ap appreciate um, you coming out. If there's, um, do you want to share how people can get a hold of you if they want to contact you for any more of your insights? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Instagram at Mike Rytel. Uh, my email, mrytel at teaminvictus.co. We are at Light Kick Nation on Instagram. We are at Train Invictus on Instagram. I hope to see all of you at the book club, all of you at this Twitch viewing tonight. That's all I got for you. Awesome. Um, well, again, everyone, we, we sincerely appreciate you listening. Um, if you enjoy the content that we're putting out, please share it with your friends, family, and colleagues um, so we can continue to get the word out. Um, and we, until next time, guys, we'll keep putting out this great content for you. Thanks a lot. See ya. Did you know we now offer done-for-you templated workouts that focus on joint stability, strength, and balance to promote both health and longevity and improved performance and movement capabilities? We also offer individualized remote programming, one-on-one -on -one virtual PT sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals. Visit our website, precisionperformancept.com to find out more. If you continue to like the content we are putting out, please consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash training room talk. There are some great benefits on there for you, like 20% off any of our programs or free sessions one-on-one -on -one with any of our coaches or physical therapists. Thank you, and we appreciate your support.